Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. It's a little bit warm, oh, but, oh, uh, okay. you know, not, 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 not terrible. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm, I'm still living in, in construction land. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's starting to look good. I've, I've seen some pictures. Yeah. Things are coming together. Yeah, we can use the kitchen again. We have mm-hmm. plywood countertops that Fancy. we can put things on. Now, is that the, I mean, it's a surprising choice for a new kitchen, but, um, you know, I, I like the kind of industriousness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you just put some contact paper down on, on those babies, you Beautiful. can wipe them, wipe them down. And, you know, you could change the contact paper every few years. So you can have a marble looking one. You can oh, have yeah. a checkerboard one. Mm-hmm. You could have one that's just kind of bright green. Yeah. So many options. Versatility is really what we yeah. were going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, the thing the thing that I am loving about this is, I mean, just the sounds, the mess, the disruption, all wonderful. But my favorite yes. is that, uh, you know, I live in Vermont. And so, of course, the contractors are Vermonters. And... There is something special about Vermonters. I've said it before. I will say it many mm-hmm. times. There are much many different varieties of Vermonter, but Vermont contractors are just the epitome of people who can do so many things. I mean, contractors in general are fucking incredible. Just yes, for sure. The skills, the planning, the execution, what they mm-hmm. know how to do, what they can do, what they've learned to do, all of it is math and geometry and being able to to see something ahead like just look at a space and know like their their ability to yeah. deal with just abstract concepts and then turn them into concrete functional things that we all need is invaluable and amazing and it and really is i mean i lived with a contractor my entire life so it's, it's it's one of those things that i i appreciated and and understood i never actually saw him do anything useful though oh no well, of course not which well, is not why your house which is yeah. why we now have hired people to deal with the train wreck that is our home um and just there were holes in the ceiling people like the flooring mm-hmm. is coming up there, there i i had to keep food in like a bookshelf in my room because it just wasn't cupboard space it's not a good situation and it's all being fixed and it feels magical we have a pantry they built a pantry it's gorgeous they the deck was they were legitimately shocked that the deck had not fallen down on its own but it is nice to be around it's so many super skilled people who are actively using those skills also super duper humbling because i'm sitting here Mm -hmm. sitting at my computer editing a podcast playing video games and these motherfuckers are destroying and rebuilding a house and when i say destroying it's precision destruction when you do demo it's it's not like just wildly swinging a sledgehammer you have to leave the things that need to be left incredible and then you you need other stuff done like we we have some trees that have grown up over the course of the past three decades we've lived here and we used to have this you know lovely view across the valley of the mountains and so of course one of them is just like oh yeah no i used to do that i would go to a property see the sight lines and then we'd strategically take down trees and remove them so that it would restore the view and also i could use the firewood so it's just so of course of course, yeah. Tim can just do this. So yeah. after he's yeah. done for, for the day from seven to four, he's started fe- falling trees on the property. 
Yeah, you know, once he's done with his day job, he's going to go ahead and, and take down a few, like, 100-foot trees. No problem. That's a Vermonter right there. Yeah. That's that's yeah. just a, that's a, and then the accent. I get to hear the accent all day. Mm-hmm. And it just, it it's home, baby. How does it go, Amber? I'm not, no. That accent? I'm not a performing monkey. If you want to hear a mm-hmm. Vermont accent, go to YouTube, motherfucker. Okay. I have none. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have I have mannerisms, but I don't have the accent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, weirdly, it's been nice to have the house be terrible. <laughs> just because I love the people. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> They're all so great, and they can do so many things. And I feel like the laziest, most useless person in the in the universe. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. I don't know how to hold a drill properly, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Much less when it's appropriate to use a drill. Yeah. So that's mm. where I'm at. But Megan, thank goodness, yes, building knowledge is not a prerequisite for this podcast. No, this podcast, my friends, that you have stumbled upon is a bad movie podcast. Now stick with me. Okay. Yes, we do watch bad movies, but we watch movies that critics have said were bad. We take the ones that reviews tell you, don't watch this one, it's terrible. You know, Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, they show you the numbers and the numbers say, nah. We say, maybe. 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 Mm -hmm. And then sometimes we say, oh, fuck, yes, you dumb motherfuckers. Oh, this is my shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's that's what it is. That's I'm sorry. It's not more than that. Do you need more than that? I mean, if you do, you should probably go. I mean, I'll give you a second. You can just go. Anyone who's still here, it's on you. Yep. And here we go. We watched the 1992 Universal Soldier. Well, Megan. Yes, Amber. In order to ease our listeners into this, we should probably give them a sense of how this movie is advertised. Of, uh, on what the, this movie is, yes. The various platforms that would mm-hmm. seek to describe it. And let's make it kind of fun. For you, at least. Okay. By playing the time-honored game. Which is which is which is which. Okay. I shall read you summaries from Amazon, IMDb, Metacritic, and Amber, and you shall tell me which is which is which is which. Okay. Are you ready? ready. This, one's, this one's actually going to be kind of hard. Okay. Okay. Devereaux and Scott were killed in Vietnam, but the army has a secret project for reanimating their dead as near-perfect soldiers. That's the whole thing? That's the whole thing. Two rival soldiers who were killed in Vietnam are brought back to life in a top-secret military experiment that creates superhuman warriors. Okay. The bodies of two deceased Vietnam veterans are re-engineered into battle-ready warriors in this action film. They're all so short. They're all so short. I know, it's, it's hard. Um, it's confusing. It's hard. It's, it's, you don't even have, like, the Metacritic fallback of it was a tapestry of emotion. Right. And they're so short that, like, they're not, like, pers- like they're, they're pretty close to the truth, mm-hmm. which means I can't find the one that's just outwardly, like, You can't find Amazon. Which is, I know. Which is Amazon, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And the final okay. one. Okay, Yes. Two soldiers killed in Vietnam are reanimated in an attempt to answer the age-old question, can you ethically source super soldiers? Oh, you made your short too. How do you know that's mine? You haven't played the game yet, Megan. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Okay. I'm going to go with Metacritic, IMDb, Amazon, Amber. That's fucking creepy. It's fucking creepy. There was nothing to go on there. You had nothing to go on. There was just, that was bland. It was short. That was, no, you cheated. You're a cheat. 
<laughs> or a witch. Mm, one of the yeah, two. Yeah. One of the two. Or, or both. A cheating witch. You could be yes. a cheating witch, which is worse yeah. than yeah. either of the other options independently. A cheating yeah. witch playing witches, 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 witch is wrong. You're right. Anyway, congratulations, I guess. Thank you. They were very short. Wait, I can keep mine short too, okay? Yes, of course you can. I can follow the lead. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's just, I can't. I can. You know, they were two different Universal Soldiers streaming on Amazon, and I just looked at them both. Completely different. I can't even tell you the difference between the two versions. They're both just Mm -hmm. Universal Soldier. Maybe one of them is HD. Uh-huh. Still different synopses. Weird, weird choice, Amazon. Very consistent. Remember, what did the, the critics want to say about this movie? They wanted to say don't watch it. Uh, 35 mm. for the critics on Metacritic and 73 mm. for the users. 73? It is Interesting. a fond film for these six reviewers. Interesting. Six. Wow, yeah. Um, we've got 34 for the critics and uh, 46 for the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. I assume more yeah. people scored it on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, over 50,000. Wow. That is, yeah. R- Rotten Tomatoes really wins on user scores. They're, they're, yes, it does. Metacritic, yes. I don't think, even touches their numbers. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly not 6 to uh, 50,000. Mm, yes. And then, and then, what did the critics say, Amber? Like with their, do you, do you have, with their words, were their word holes? Yeah. Uh for the most part, nothing good. There was a lot of it's derivative. There was mm-hmm. a lot of Jean Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren can't act. Mm-hmm. Um, They're interesting as soup cans, as one reviewer said. Soup cans. Yeah, I don't know why that was. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. I think my favorite diss of that was when. They said they were more realistic as stoic cadavers than once their memories start to return. Oh, okay. All From right. Brian Lowry at Variety. I, was, I like that. It's a diss. I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah, it's a, it's a very good diss, yeah. Um, this one just, I don't know. I, I like I like the pieces of this one. Dwayne Burge at The Hollywood Reporter. It's a 20% mm-hmm. score. It's a bad memory trip through the wasteland of movies past, swamped with bonehead dialogue, stock parts, cookie-cutter romance, and gunked to the gills with generic techno-drool. Gunk to the gills, eh? With generic techno-drool. He just, That's... I, he was having fun. He was yeah. on something. Yep, yep. Just be a bonehead, cookie-cutter, gunked gills, wasteland of movies past. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very, the very beautiful review. It was evocative. Evocative, mm. yes. I didn't really feel any romance at all. No. There might have been some motions to it, but... No, but yeah, it, it's, yeah. Also, there wasn't... I, there's there's a girl and a guy in it, so, There are you know, two obviously... oppositely sexed people in this film. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but they didn't push that, which I, I, I did like about it. They didn't do anything with that. No. And then techno drool. There was almost no technological or scientific discussion no, no. whatsoever. No, they kind of like, they hand waved over it a little bit later in the film. Science, science, with, science, uh, science. With Jerry Orbach. It's just yeah. science. Mm-hmm. Just science. science. We scienced and we therefore scienced. we have We've got, super look, they're ha- they have a thing on their head and mm-hmm. we put a thing in their brains. It's like goo 
and and then it's cold, so there's a lot of like CO2 gas smoke around science. Yeah. Okay. We made yep. science. We made science. Uh, but yeah, largely the negative ones are this is derivative, they can't act, it's not good. And then yep. the other ones are it's standard issue, but it's fun. It's nostalgic. It's silly. There's this one from Kenneth Turan at the Los Angeles Times. It may be standard issue stuff, but it looks great, and it almost makes you nostalgic for the days when stuntmen reign supreme and mayhem and computers never knew how much they had in common. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's, a, that's a good, like a 60% review blurb that kind of gives you a sense yeah. like, yeah, it's a lot of stuntmen stuff. It's some action scenes. The, mm -hmm. the thing that's interesting to me is that... You know, one of them mentions, you know, you have to be big on bloody slaughter, kickboxing, infrared gunning, and impaired acting. But there was actually very little use of Jean-Claude Van Damme's martial arts skills, or, or Dolph Lundgren's, yes. for that right. matter, Yeah, in this movie. It was mostly guns and chasing and a lot of stuntman play, you know, throwing guys through walls and falling and yes. getting shot, and a lot less actual martial arts action. Yeah. Which I would have preferred the the latter, but... Very know. much so. And I'm surprised that the critics wouldn't have. I mean, this is what Jean-Claude Van Damme is known for. Right. And Dolph Lundgren, yeah. to a lesser extent, I think he's mostly just used as big giant man. Big guy. But yep. he's also a pretty avid martial artist. Yep. So, so one thing that um, I was reading, just general reviews about this, and Amber, Vern's reviews. Vern's reviews. Vern's reviews. So, by the way, happy anniversary, Amber. This is the 30th anniversary of Universal Soldier, 1992. Oh, yeah. Hmm? Look at us yeah, go. Just a couple months off. Relevant. Uh, yes. Um, so, one of the things that uh, uh, Vern said was that um, in looking at the reviews, so many of the negative reviews are the ones that were like contemporary with the movie itself. And the more recent reviews from the past few years are actually relatively, um, re relatively higher than those um, first reviews. And, and I think one of the things is, I mean, I think a movie like this gets a little bit of a cult following because it's um, kind of that nineties quintessential nineties movie. Mm, um, very much so. It's, it, it's a little bit goofy. I think maybe people didn't appreciate Roland Emmerich's um, kind of sensibilities, sensibilities where like you have like Jean-Claude coming, Van Damme coming at Dolph Lundgren and Dolph Lundgren's making a face like, <laughs> like that is made. It's a comedy, you know, yeah. there. Are, and I think that some of the lines that uh, actually both Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren say are very much, can be taken as comical in the way that they say them because it's all very, you know, uh, uh, supposed to be deadpan, but it also so such that it comes off kind of silly sometimes. The deadpan, I think, is, isn't intended to be silly. And, and I think the, yeah. the cartoonish caricature dings from the critics are actually intentional. It's... I, yes. I would agree that there is a very 90s sensibility to this, but I think my guess would be the thing that modern critics are responding to is the intentionality and sort of yes. almost the, the self-referential self aspect of how Roland Emmerich does it. Right. Because I think a lot of 90s movies were dead serious about how ridiculous they were. Whereas right. this yeah. has that same level of, we have a dude slaughtering people in the Vietnam mm -hmm. War and making an ear necklace and serious 
concepts of we are killing mm -hmm. people and there is extreme violence. But also we have Jean-Claude Van Damme getting naked on the regular and asking yep. his lady co-star to feel him up and look for something hard as, as she's yes. searching him for a, tr for a tracking device. Like every scene yep. with those two is silly and intentionally yes. silly. It, it's not yes. whoopsie silly. And so mm -hmm. it may be that a movie that actually intended to do that didn't really have a place. Yeah. And then the more you want, like the, like this movie probably got um, Roland Emmerich more movies like Independence Day and White House Down and things like that. So that the more movies you see from Roland Emmerich, the more you get a sense of his movie making and sensibilities. Mm -hmm. The more you look back at this movie, one of his um, earlier ones, and say, oh, I get it now. Yep. Deeply serious, yeah. deeply silly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, I don't think 35 is necessarily, especially for a 90s movie. This does what no. a 90s movie does. Maybe it's not yeah. shiny and new. But yeah. it's 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 entertaining. It's fine. It's entertaining. And, and I'm and surprised the critics were so down on it beyond the fact that it, it may just not have had a good genre niche to slide into. And so what they're right. looking for, they didn't get. And what they did get didn't match up with the other aspects of the film, perhaps. And it avoids a lot of what... Um 90s movies are 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 very much known for at least the ones we rewatch it it avoid, avoided any homophobia overt homophobia transphobia uh racism mostly except for when they were in the war but that was kind of intentionally because they were there um yeah 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 honestly yes so. and there there is something i actually specifically want to talk about that kind of links into that mm. just with how the male bodies are displayed in this movie and who this movie would conceivably be intended for. Interesting. Yeah. Um, which we can, we can get to when we talk about those scenes. Um, yeah. 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 Critics, I, I get it. You get confused and that's okay. You just got to expand your mind and your expectations. And I mean, and nostalgia is all well and good, but it also affords you some hindsight in terms of how movies are, are made today. And, and we have an expanded concept of what's possible, what's popular, what people actually respond to. And I think that that helps just because there's so many more people making them and so many more ways to distribute yeah. them and, and find audiences who, audiences who respond to them. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Not that this is necessarily one of those movies. <laughs> no, no. But, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, critics, meh. The usual. So Amber, tell me, tell me a little bit about this movie. How, so, like you mentioned before, you mentioned these these uh, uh, you know cold rooms. What, what, why on earth do we need like some chilly rooms, Amber? Oh, Megan, I'm so glad you asked. Well, I'm just gonna start at the most logical place, and that is we've been watching a lot of soldier movies lately. Yeah, we have. Uh, we started. It's a theme. It's, it, it has become thematic. It helps us choose what to watch next with <laughs> yes. very little pain. Uh, we started with the G.I. Joe. In the first one, you did have, you know, movements toward super soldiering. Cobra was mm -hmm. injecting people with nanomites, wiping their brains yes. and making them immune to pain and poison. Mm -hmm. yes. So, you know, then we had Soldier, of course, our last movie, where we were mm -hmm. harvesting infants and raising them to be super soldiers. Yes. And now we have, it, the movie starts with two 
soldiers in Vietnam, Lundgren and Van Dam, Andrew Scott mm-hmm. and Luke Devereaux. Mm-hmm. Luke comes upon Andrew, mm-hmm. um, making making some jewelry. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's, he's taking some ears and he's making a necklace out of them. It's that's disturbing, eh? Yeah. So Luke's unit is being murdered, and then he shows up in this town, and it's just Andrew, two Vietnamese civilians, and and Luke. And Luke's like, "What's uh? Why is everyone dead? We searched this village, and Andrew's just gone completely ape shit and racist. Yeah. He's decided all Vietnamese people are traitors. He's gonna kill them all, and I guess make ear jewelry. And they have a fight, yep. and they murder each other, and then." Other people show up and to this clearly bad situation. Like, you, you have one guy inspecting Andrew's body, finding the ear necklace. And he's like, shit, what yeah, do we do is, with this? This is, this is bad. And the commanding officer is just like, Code Zebra. I'm sorry, what? Code Zebra. We never found these guys. They're MIA. Don't fucking worry about it. Which is disturbing that they, it happens Frequently enough that there is a code for it, Amber. You know, the code that we use for when one of our soldiers just goes bonkers, batshit, murder crazy, and just starts Mm -hmm. killing everybody, and then another soldier is forced to kill him, and then they kill each other, and then we just have dead bodies? Yep. MIA! Code Zebra! Yep. Yep. And then from there, we use these dead soldiers to make super soldiers years later. It is is supposed to be modern-day 90s. When this happened in 1969, these men have not aged, they have been reanimated, and... We don't, it isn't until probably the last three quarters of the movie that they even make an effort to start explaining why they haven't aged, why they need to be kept cold. They have little Mm -hmm. monitors on their wrists that tell them if they're getting overheated and they need to get into an ice bath. And even when we first see them, they come out of this massive truck. There's, there's, and there's always smoke billowing out of it and they're kept uh-huh. in this room in the center that's this cold room where they get injected with some serum that apparently wipes their memories and also gives them superpowers maybe i don't know yeah we meet the original scientist who tells us oh yeah we learned that you could hyper accelerate dead tissue to reanimate it what you mean hyper-accelerate? You hyper-accelerate the dead tissue to reanimate them. God, Jesus, can we just move past this? But you have okay. to keep them cold after okay. you've done it, or they'll overheat and they'll have a stroke. I mean, sure. But my question to you, mm-hmm. have we reached a more ethical way to create the mm. super soldier? Like, Okay, Cobra, in theory, might have been using volunteers, but they were also forcing nanomites on people who already they had were, lives yeah. and opinions and, and ways to be. Making them immune to poison, great. Stripping them of free will, probably bad. Mm-hmm. Then we have soldier, infant harvesting and training and using Dobermans and pigs to, and then shooting the slow ones. Great. And now yeah. we have, okay, they were already soldiers, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they died. So they yeah. used up yeah. their life. It had come to an end. What are they going to do with that body? They're not doing anything with it. They're not doing anything with it. They're it's- done with it. And they'd already dedicated themselves to being soldiers yeah. for the United States. So it's like organ donation. When you donate your entire organ altogether. The whole organ of you. The, uh, the whole or- body organ, yes. Mm-hmm. Is is mm, making yeah. a mindless flesh golem out of dead soldiers, mm-hmm. if, if not ethical, more ethical than baby harvesting and nanomiting. 
that might be true. Yes, I would say in this wonderful array of, of options, this might be the most ethical one. And let's look at how they're being used. Mm-hmm. Cobra, obviously, nefarious terroristic purposes. Very bad. Yes. Soldier, mm-hmm. not great either. No, not, not, no, they just were war. Yeah. And it really didn't seem, especially at the end there, they're just like, oh, they're not supposed to be there. Training exercise, murder them all. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. These guys, they show up to a to a hostage situation at Hoover Dam, I think? Yes, yes, they do. And some guys are holding people hostage, shooting hostages every bit of time, setting up a bomb, maybe, it looks like. Hard to say. Yeah, yeah. And this plane lands and this massive truck comes out and then it deploys and the smoke comes out and then, oh shit, that's, that's Andrew and Luke. That's Dolph Lundgren and Jean-Claude Van Damme. They have not aged a day. And, oh, they don't seem to have any free will. And then you just have the the truck doubles as a refrigeration station and a command center. Mm -hmm. And they send these soldiers in and they get the job done. No one dies. All the hostages are fine. Well, not no one. The terrorists die. Headshots for everyone. Yes, headshots for everyone. And one of the... um, um, uh, what are they called? Unisols? The Universal Soldiers. Yep. But the, so, the, the, the abbreviation, so the abbreviation is, is Unisol. Sounds like a sounds fucking software cleaner. or a cleaning product. Yes. Yeah, it's going to. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. It's a soft. It's a, Amber, it's a software cleaning product. Uh, kind of like, um, you know, what is it? McAfee and the other ones that uh, prevent uh, uh, viruses on your computer. Anyway. I like this. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, one of them gets uh, all, all shot to heck. Um, we for, also learn... For the um, sake of getting intel, they know he's going to get shot. Yes. Oh, yeah. They, they, it, is, it is entirely... Strategic. Uh, yeah. yeah. But it doesn't kill him because he already did. Because he's already dead. Yeah. You can... Amber, I, what I've learned is when you're already dead, you can recover from your injuries very quickly. I mean, once you hyper-accelerate those cells, Megan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right, but you got to keep them cold. You do. So they're like an elite task force that at least on their fourth mission are doing rel- like relatively good things, I guess. I, it seems pretty good. Like they're, they're, yeah. this is, yeah, they're, they, they, we hear in a press conference it's their fourth successful mission without any civilian casualties. Mm-hmm. And the press seems to like them. They want to know who they are. And they're told, oh, no, these men have families. We have to keep them confidential to keep them safe. These men don't have families. They are corpses. Well, they I guess the the living man had a family. Anywho. Mm. So yeah. it's, it kind of seems like they're doing pretty good work with yeah. these, at least comparatively speaking, ethically sourced super soldiers. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The problem is... Mm-hmm. That we learn that perhaps they are not completely devoid of their former memories, and as in fact, as, yeah. they might actively be wiping them of it. Right. So yes. So they um, and and, and like you said in in your um in, earlier that they've taken um at least some of these soldiers from this zebra operation in which they know. Uh, someone just was making an ear necklace <laughs> mm. and they put 
two people that uh, uh, were in the same uh, in that same battalion and killed each other into this program together. And guess what? These memories start coming up and they um, become bitter, bitter rivalries all over again, Amber. Indeed. Luke, mm-hmm. the one who took down Andrew, starts to remember mm-hmm. that, that fateful night. Yep. And Andrew starts to remember his love of ear, ear jewelry. <laughs> he does, yes. Yep. And yep. It, It's my understanding, actually, they use the same actors in um, the Vietnam uh scene that they did in the hoover dam scene oh which triggers luke's memories they were just dressed in different outfits obviously well it just seems like cheating yeah yep no wonder they were so familiar and you know this wouldn't have been so what so the science of this is negligible uh but the the main (laughs) (laughs) negligible ever as well as negligent because we not only don't really learn like what they're using to wipe their memories or whatever and how they're making them super healing and super strong or how they what is hyper acceleration what is it doesn't matter but don't use the body we know this you don't cut hands off of serial killers and attach them you to don't. people. You don't use brains from killers mm-hmm. and put them in Frankenstein monsters. And you certainly don't use the entire brain and body of somebody who started making ear jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, people. You, you got to be smarter than this. If you're going to do that, you certainly don't, when they start to get their memories back, say, nah, it's going to be fine. Although, Amber, we also learned that these, um, each one of these uh, unisols are worth $250 million. Fair. Okay. So there's a reason that maybe you try to overcome this fact that they're starting to remember shit. You have a unit of, was it like eight dudes? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You've got like $2 million worth of flesh golem. Mm-hmm. But that's a sunk cost fallacy, as we learn. Because, yes. okay, you don't want to retire these two. Luke is clearly having some some glitches. He's not hurting anybody, but he's glitching out a bit with his memories. And then Andrew mm-hmm. is hurting people. To insist on keeping them in the program because you've got a sunk cost fallacy. Yeah, leads to... The whole program being whole destroyed. Whole program, yeah, yep. So that you can't... That's... What really happened here wasn't the science, which was clearly good, or the ethics, clearly unimpeachable. It was the hubris of the man in charge. Yeah. Mm, That's a good point, Amber. Thank you. And that's what ultimately brings really, really good ideas down. You put the wrong person in charge. Yeah. He makes bad choices. Because after this very, very good fourth mission where they save all the hostages, a reporter, (laughs) oh, Allie, Ellie Walker plays Veronica Roberts, our intrepid reporter. She loses her job when she shows up at the Hoover Dam to do some reporting. And she thinks, Mm -hmm. I can get back in if I make my cameraman come with me to go to this secret military base that has terrible security. And I'll just wander around and try and find these soldiers that no one will let us meet. Yep. But Andrew, Andrew's starting to get his memory back. Mm -hmm. And he shoots the cameraman. And then Luke, who's also starting to get his memory back, saves Veronica. Yep. And they go off on a fun adventure together while at first the army is trying to find Luke. And then as Andrew gets more and more of his memory back, 
Andrew sort of takes over with murder. Yes. And it becomes sort of a... Yeah. You know. 1v1. 1v1. It's not the army anymore. It's just sort of crazy revenge stuff. Right, right. Because Andrew literally takes down all the scientists who are working in this vehicle and and ends up getting a bunch of the other soldiers killed and all of that yeah yes yeah whereas luke is just sort of on a fun trip with uh veronica yes um try sort of recovering his memories mm-hmm. and uh y- y- there doesn't seem to be that much of an end game um no with with no. What, what luke wants beyond keeping veronica safe he also wants to go home amber once he realizes he has a home yes but that yes. takes some time Yes. And we're told later on by, by Jerry Orbach, the kind of head scientist, that, um, oh, shoots, what was it, Amber? They get caught in, they've got a, a when they die, they their their brain goes into this, like, loop. like a, Yeah, a traumatic loop. memory loop from the time of the moment of their death. Yeah. I can't so remember the all... exact term that he used to make it sound science-y, but. Right. Um, so all Luke wants to do is go home, and all Andrew wants to do is murder and make ear necklaces. Yes, because when Luke died, mm-hmm. he was like, my tour is almost over. I just want to go home. Please stop making ear necklaces. And Andrew mm-hmm. was like, I want to make ear necklaces and kill everyone. And then they shot mm-hmm. each other. So there's, yeah. I guess they're stuck with their last their last deep wish. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's largely the movie. His, uh, you know, sort of a buddy... Buddy road trip comedy with Luke and Veronica. Yes. And uh, Andrew just uh, killing, killing his way across the country. Yeah. And and of course, um, Luke and Veronica have to find ice everywhere they go. Because um, in order for Luke to recover and, and not to have this stroke, they just get bags of ice and put him in, you know, a trunk, a bathtub, etc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And... As we learn on the truck, see, these men, when they are not being deployed, are stored on the command center science cool truck in Mm -hmm. in the middle of the truck in this glass enclosure where they're all just sitting in chairs and they are fully nude. Yes. All of them. All the time. Yep. They Mm -hmm. they strip and then they get in these chairs and they sit in these chairs naked where it's presumably cold. And so every time they need to cool Luke down, they put him in a tub with ice and he gets naked. He always gets naked. Yep. Clothes oh, yeah. need Got to come it. off. So I see, we see a lot of very well-built men, very naked. Yes, we do. And we see just all of Jean-Claude Van Damme, at least the back from, view. At the, yeah, from behind for sure. Like yeah. two or three times. Yeah. Yes. For extended periods of time as he's yes. trying to cool off. Which is interesting because that is the most, like, Veronica, essentially the the only woman in the movie, um, it does not wear. It is there. There's no. Um, She's dressed very know, practically. S- yeah, yeah. The voyeurism is entirely on extremely well built mm-hmm. male forms, and this movie, it's an action movie. It's a shoot 'em up action movie in the '90s. Your assumed audience is dudes, mm-hmm. but. The physical form nudity voyeurism is entirely very well-built men. And I'm not going to draw any conclusions from that. It's just different and interesting to me. Yeah. That you have literally on display fine physical specimens of all races. Mm -hmm. Just naked. Just naked. For no real practical purpose. If you have a super cooled room, I don't think a couple millimeters of cloth is really going to make a difference. Sure, take off the body armor, but... 
Yeah. Do they yep. need to be fully nude? In this world, yes, Amber. In this world, they do. And so, like, the voyeurism yep. is entirely pretty naked yep. dudes. Yep. Yeah. It intrigues me. It's very, yeah, very interesting. So, you mentioned that Allie Walker's mm-hmm. character, Veronica, is the only woman in the movie other than two mothers that have yes. brief moments. Mm-hmm. And one of the critics mentioned romance. Nah. No, it's not really there. No. I mean, even when he Luke determines, oh, I must have a tracking device on me, so gets nude again and then asks her to feel him up and find something hard. And there's innuendo there, and that's that's mm-hmm. the joke. But it's yep. not like she's staring enjoying at him it. or enjoying <laughs> it or, or yeah. making any motions to, wow, yeah. I'm into it. No, I'm, I'm flustered. It's no the 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 problem. She she has to take a tracking device deep out of his thigh, and she's like, "Are you okay?" As she looks up yeah. at his ass and testicles, but there's nothing. Yeah, it's not played sexually, and there's there's really nope. nothing sexual about it beyond the silly innuendo. Right. Yep. And in, at the end of it, she's helping it. He's she's helping him. He's helping her. They're in a life-threatening situation, but there's no kiss. There's no let's ride off into the sunset. There's nothing. Yeah. They're just yeah helping each other. Yeah, pretty great. It's kind of great. Um, yeah. So um, one thing. So so Amber, going back to Vern um, and his website where he, he uh, reviewed this movie, um, he felt, at least in the beginning, or the first time he watched it, he really didn't like Allie Walker's character, thought she was kind of annoying and such. But then on a more recent viewing, found her actually kind of great. And Roger Ebert, from the very beginning, thought that the most interesting character was Veronica. Um, no, she's certainly the most well-rounded character, since she's not a reanimated yes. mindless soldier for most of it, living out like a consistent death fantasy which is yes, and and we do run into the 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 thing that we often run into with these types of movies is like they are very the the, the soldiers themselves are very like stoic and uh, flat, and they don't say much, and they don't like, and that that works somewhat um, sometimes, but it is it it is hard to have two of your main actors essentially have very little personality. Mm-hmm. Um, or a very one-note personality. Or a very one-note personality. Have, like, what, once case, once yeah. Luke regains his personality, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme's character is innocent, boyish, and yep. chivalric. You know, heroic yeah, and sweet. Yeah. And Andrew mm-hmm. Dolph Lundgren's character is just a fucking crazy psychopath. Right. Yep. He just says vaguely racist things and kills people. Yep. Whereas Veronica... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I will agree she is kind of abrasive and selfish and annoying in the beginning of the movie, but that's her character and she's playing it. She yes. is, she is a, a reporter who kind of doesn't give a shit about everybody else, very focused on the story, very focused on herself, very focused on her own problems. Mm-hmm. And then there is an arc with her as she becomes more invested in what's happening and she becomes more desperate as she's, she's framed for a bunch of murders as the military tries to cover up what's happening. But is very practical, very consistent, very, she doesn't mm-hmm. freak out, but she has legitimate reactions to, to things as they're yes. happening and plays key roles in, in, in a lot yep. of the action without being a full-on damsel. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
And um, Roger Ebert kind of ended up saying that um, if she can sell this dialogue, she can play anything. She so was very was good. Very, yeah. She was very good. Yeah. I yeah. actually really liked her character so, quite a bit. And I, I, I yeah. like Allie Walker. I never really watched The Profiler, but which was her, her main thing. Her big thing, yeah. She's worked consistently. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I've always been kind of fond of that actor. And, and I think thought she did an excellent job with the character and the dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, again, like that she wasn't a full damsel and that there wasn't any real love story that was, yeah, because that's often what they kind of pack this stuff with. And Well, we do have a man it, and a woman, so... So dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Mm-hmm. And we, we would be remiss mm-hmm. if we did not discuss action in this action movie. Yes, yep. Are you ready to talk about that? I think so. Okay. Let's... Uh, you know, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren are accomplished martial artists. Jean-Claude Van Damme specifically Mm -hmm. is well known for his skills. It's kind of the whole thing. No, not much of that in this movie. Which is, which is disappointing. I would have enjoyed more of that. But they stuck with the standard 90s tropes of, of, you know, blow them ups, uh, car antics. Yeah. um, uh, Pushing people through walls, etc. Run and gun, throwing people around. There's a scene where he just runs through every wall in a motel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that poor stunt man. Yeah. And there's yep. there's there's a few few moments. That th- probably one of my favorite scenes, of course, is the diner scene. Yes. Yep. Where he rediscovers food. I guess they they do not <laughs> give them food as super yeah. soldiers. Uh huh. Yep, uh, he must and, get injected with sustenance. Um, and when he discovers food, he eats, I don't know, all of it? All of it. They just keep bringing mm-hmm. him plates, and he's just clearly, thoroughly enjoying them. And finally, this pretty grumpy waitress. I'm sure she's had a fucking day. Yeah. But yeah. She's, she finally approaches, are, how are you going to pay for all this? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. And Veronica's, she was with him in the beginning, and then she went to take a phone call. So... They could just wait and see if maybe she's the one who's going to pay. Instead, she calls out the chef and he's, he wants to know how he's going to pay for it. And and Luke yep. is just, just letting him know it tastes really good and he's thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah. And then they start to attack him. He doesn't want to hurt him. But they, it doesn't. If they, if they attack him, he's going to hurt him. But it's very efficient action. It's just sort of an elbow, a knee, a head into a table as, yep. as a... Most of the diner comes at him for some inexplicable reason. Yeah. Yep. I mean, after you watched him plant the first three guys, you would think. I would not get up. I, there's some guy who gets up again. It's like, are you kidding me? He's he, None of you have landed a punch on him. Yep. You really think you can do it after he's already knocked you out for a few seconds? Mm-hmm. Mm. And he maintains this this same sort of open, naive, I just want to eat. Why are you yeah. doing this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't... I just... I haven't eaten in what's probably 80 years. Uh, can I please just eat? So hungry and this tastes so good. Yeah. It tastes good. Your food is good, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a... You know, it's it's probably the most martial artsy scene that happens in the movie. It's also clearly played for comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so it's 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 a nice little nice little moment, and you have yeah. the the showdown between Lundgren and and Van Dam at the end is pretty hands on fisticuffsy, but it's a more throwing people through walls and punching and 
Yeah. So it's, a, it's a little straightforward, very yeah. 90s white guy mm-hmm. action movie. Very straightforward. Uh, Andrew gets shoved into a thresher and gets, you know, spit out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Straightforward mm-hmm. making man chunks out of a flesh golem. I mean, how else are exactly. you going to deal with something that can't die other than burning it, which we learned when also works when Luke, you know, just then, it get, then they have a stroke. Yeah. 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 Fire makes sense because they can't get overheated. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Look at the consistent science in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Unimpeachable. So, yeah, the, I, I, the action is very 90s action. It's, it's nothing to write home it about. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And and don't use their main stars for what they are now at least known for and, and very good at, mm. which is disappointing. Um, so I, I don't know how much you know about this, Amber, but but Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren um had a feud uh in the in the in the trades for a while. Do you know this thing? Nope. Where they got into a fight at the Cannes Film Festival in nineteen ninety two. Um like on the red carpet. Oh boy. Um like it became like a shoving match. Oh boy. Um but uh it was later revealed that it was actually all staged by Jean-Claude Van Damme. He'd, uh, he and Dolph Lundgren are actually pretty good friends and decided to do this thing that in order to... Like, I just kind of assumed they were really good yeah. friends. So when you were like, oh, they, oh, I didn't know that. I thought they yep. probably were buddies. Yep. No, it, it seems like they are. And like, this was a whole uh, uh, stunt thing that they did. And they actually got the idea because two years earlier... Um, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone and uh, 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 Arnold Schwarzenegger ended up on the Cannes Film Festival red carpet doing the waltz together. Aww. Isn't that really cute? That just makes me happy. <laughs> Apparently, um, Stallone and Schwarzenegger at that time were, were, they didn't know each other very well. The people didn't know each other that well. And Arnold was uh, uh, promoting Terminator 2 and Stallone was there. I can't remember what he was there for. But, like, they'd been a little bit rivals just in terms of box office, like, and uh, later Arnold was interviewed and was like, yeah, no, we, you know, we hadn't really spent a lot of time together. We didn't really know each other. We just kind of knew each other from, like, movie box office things. Um, but then the Gypsy Kings uh, were there and, and started playing uh, 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 some music and, you know, we just started to dance. <laughs> and there's this film of them just waltzing around. <laughs> it's really adorable. It's so adorable. I mean, not not least because... How did they so organically determine who would lead? Um, apparently, Schwarzenegger led, and uh, and kind of as they were finishing up, <laughs> Stallone said, "Ah, I I can't with this. You're leading, and I hate it." <laughs> so, anyway, yep. So anyway, so in any case, I kind of wish, in my personal view, I would have loved to see a Jean Claude and Dolph. Waltz, mm. I would have found even better. Mm. But I would this, say they'd this have to media stunt came from that. Yeah, I would prefer a tango, like not just a straight waltz. Mm. I would say they would yes, have to dancing. do a different yep. dance, and I would I yep. would opt for the tango because it is also a classic, but sexier. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I I would yeah. have preferred a dance. Yeah. But it is anyway. it's too similar, I suppose. That's nice. Anyway, yeah, that adds nice. that adds some flavor to this film. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're welcome. So remember. What would you rate this fil- film on the rock scale? Regrettable outstanding, Crazy Balls K, solid. Well, you know, this is, again, another one from the 90s involving mm-hmm. ultraviolence and soldiers that I really enjoyed as a kid. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's, as an adult, it's K. 
you know, it's got a like little craze balls touches. But I would say yeah. I would say I, I have more fondness for Soldier than I do Universal Soldier. And I, I like Soldier better mm -hmm. as a movie. Yep. Uh, whereas this one is it's fine. It's good. I'm glad I forced you to watch it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say run out and, and put this in your peepers. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, K with with some, um, yeah, with some crazy balls thrown in there, just kind of the ridiculous uh, uh, ness of it. Fun, entertaining, mm. certainly. Mm -hmm. If you're bored, watch it. And but. it's not gonna piss you off with misogyny or homophobia. Yeah, pretty great. Good job. Yeah, bare minimum. Bare, bare minimum. minimum, which is excelsior for fucking for nineties. Yes, and. Now, yes. <laughs> Bare motherfucking minimum. Well, Megan. Mm-hmm. Do an Issa story. Yeah, so um, I was uh, uh, hearing about how um, Abby and Maddie went to this birthday party, and they had, like, a little climbing wall. And um, Maddie apparently had climbed, you know, uh, she's, she's, she's very good at climbing. So she climbed up pretty high and um, apparently she fell from about six feet oh boy. and Erica just like swooped her up and caught her just out of the air, Ooh. like the superhero that she is. Yeah. And so Maddie was telling me about this. Um, I said, wow, that's, that's, you know, that's amazing. Great job, Erica. And then I said, yeah. And we had a juice box and then I drank the juice box. <laughs> so, you know. So you know what the high life are, was, Megan. The equal, equal import, Amber. So, yeah. Mom did an amazing, like, toddler catch, but also yep. juice box and I drank juice it. Yep. Okay. Did you hear the part <laughs> where I drank it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? Good point. Great job. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Magic of the child brain. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Erica is a superhero. Absolutely. 100%. I, I always assumed she was more like the intellectual superhero, sort of like Professor X mm -hmm. level, just like yes. massively powerful because of her brain and her ability mm -hmm. to be just insi insanely funny and insightful, but didn't know she was also like the physical side of the superhero. Yeah, I mean, I think that those uh, uh, powers are just started to come out, and mm. I think we're all either very much in trouble or just actually saved. I'm not sure which. You know, either way, I feel saved, because mm -hmm. if we're in trouble, it's the kind of trouble I get behind, you know? Yeah. Like, if she's going to devastate the land, it's mm -hmm. going to be for a good reason, even if I don't understand it. I'm fine with yeah. that. All right, I get behind that, for sure. Anybody have any recommendations? I do. It's one I've already made. But it's sort of an updated version and a reminder to make sure you find the whole gamut of this lovely thing. We have, or I have, recommended Tuca and Birdie. Uh, the first yes. season was on Netflix because it was a Netflix show. Then they canceled it. But then Cartoon Network Adult Swim picked it back up again. I mm -hmm. forced Megan to watch the first season on Netflix. And we started watching. We've gotten through the second season uh, that's on its HBO Max, if you don't have access to Cartoon Network slash Adult Swim. And the third season's mm -hmm. airing right now, and it's being added as they go to HBO Max. Excellent. So we're, we're, we've gotten through the second season. We're going to start the third season soon. It is still great. Fewer boobs. That's fine. I'm, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make because the humor and the storytelling is still so very there. Yeah, still, still excellent. Yep. It is, it's, again, two women who are bird people. It's an animated show. Everybody's a, 
animal person. It's Lisa Hanawalt is the show creator. Then you have Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish is the main voices. Most of the voice cast, the main voice cast are people of color. And then they Mm -hmm. have amazing guest stars doing voices. And the storytelling is just really good. It's two women doing women things, dealing with fucking joy and hardship and trauma without mm-hmm. it being the main part of their character it's just part of who they are and it's there's therapy in this second season there's relationships queer relationships and toxicity mm-hmm. and just they have these moments where sometimes it's just even more simplified animation and music that are some of the most beautiful moments and and evocative moments it's just it's a really good clever creative show with women as the centerpiece and women writers and and talking about really good normal but often overlooked issues and mm-hmm. it's just it's good and it's also funny and weird uh you have to yep. be in the right place to be able to get into it yes it is not a it's not a brainless watch no at all but it is it it feels good when you watch it yes oh yeah yes it is not a hard watch either but but it's a pay attention watch Megan, do you have a recommendation? I do, Amber. This is also going to be kind of a repeat uh, uh, recommendation, um, but I'm okay. As you know, at least Amber, this is the summer of the Italian ice. Sure, uh, I've de- I've declared it such, and it is that makes it such. So I've already said this. I've made my own Italian ice at home. How delicious that is! But now, Amber, I am prepared to give some ratings of store bought Italian ices. I know mm. this is what everybody's uh, been waiting for. Um, first, actually, I'm going to start off with um, the two major Italian ice. Um, uh, places like uh, 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 places that will give you like a cup of Italian ice are Ralph's and Rita's. Ralph's is amazing. Rita's don't even bother going. It's 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 uh, pure sugar and not interesting at all. And they only got like four flavors. Ralph's they've got a bunch of flavors. Passion fruit is top notch. Everything else is pretty darn good too. Um, go to Ralph's. Uh, it's kind of a New York uh, and surrounding area specialty, but that is my recommendation. Um, in terms of the Italian ice you can buy at the store, okay, they bo- they all have different things going for them. Lindy's is going to be my top one. Lindy's, delicious, uh, 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 soft Italian ice, um, but not too soft, not too sugary. Um, and uh, it doesn't have, though, if you're thinking of your Italian ice from the um, ice cream truck, it doesn't have that that bottom bit that's like the sugar bit at the bottom. Do you know this, Amber? No. Did you I ever get Italian ice from Italian the ice, ice cream truck? Decades. Okay. So um, if you want that, so um, w- what it is is like there's a bottom bit of the uh, the very bottom of the Italian ice cup. Um, is kind of a more icy but like super sugary part, which is delicious. Um, and if you want that in your Italian ice, you want to go to Marino's Italian ice in the grocery store. That Italian ice is really good for that reason. It is a little more artificial tasting and will leave your teeth feeling a little like has film on it a little bit. But maybe it's worth it for that sugar uh, uh, at the end of it. Um, and kind of the in between is Luigi's Italian ice, still pretty darn good. I feel like the, 
the, the uh, single flavors are really good. The mixed flavors, um, when you get like the blue raspberry and and and, uh, and lemon together, the blue raspberry is actually kind of the, almost the sticky sweet, and it's only balanced out by that lemon, which is pretty good. Um, but I, so I would stick to more of the um, single flavors of the Luigi's. So mm, thank you. There you go. Very comprehensive review of available mm-hmm. Italian ice options. Yes. Yes, you're welcome. No, that's that's you should you should have a blog. I yep. I think I just said everything I needed to say though. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm not sure blogging is still a thing. Not sure at all. Yeah, probably dated myself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and just as a as a reminder, if you want to see the first season of Tuca and Birdie, you still have to go to Netflix, then yes. go to HBO Max slash Adult Swim for seasons two and three. Okay. Yes, ma'am. A start on Netflix. Otherwise, you won't mm-hmm. get the full story. Well, Megan, this has been lovely. Mm-hmm. We kept it to an hour-ish, which is still mm-hmm. too long, but better. Yep. Uh, and just as a quick thing that we often don't do, not because we don't want to interact with you, it's just because the vast majority of our audience we already interact with because you're just our friends. But yeah. if you wanted to reach out and say something, you could do so. Yes. Bad Movies Rock on Twitter and bad movies rock podcast at gmail if you wanted to write to us there it is yeah. we got the socials okay. we exist yes we do all right well megan uh yeah. good job and bye thank you and amber i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i always say which is i'm gonna switch it up a little bit i, I feel like i've been focusing you know bad movies rock i've been focusing on the rock part mm. we all know that this is the bad averse amber nope we know that in the future we are going to have bad to the bones which is going to be um our our bones uh uh fan podcast fan uh maybe mm. our bones podcast <laughs> let's just go with that um so i realize i need to like expand my quotations a little bit really don't. um you've just I'm going to say you've just exhausted rock shit and now you need to move on to something else don't fucking play no way Amber I've got plenty of rock shit I don't know what you're talking about but I will end like I always do by quoting Oscar Wilde saying it is absurd to divide people into good and bad people are either charming or tedious I mean yeah you fucking quoted Oscar Wilde at me I can't get mad at that generally speaking he's right or he's wrong in a fun way and I still get behind it mm-hmm. yeah 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 charming or tedious you know which one you are you do look in the mirror folks goodbye amber goodbye megan